Hello, animal lovers, and welcome to episode 24 of the I Speak to Animals podcast. My name is Leslie Serenisi, and I am a professional animal communicator, which means I can speak to animals. I've been fortunate enough to speak to many, many different kinds of animals in my career, starting off with a grizzly bear named Brutus. I was lucky enough to be asked to write an article for a magazine, which I did for five and a half years, and I decided to dust them off and share them with you. Each episode, I will share a different article with you, and if you hang with me till the end, I will share some backstories, some behind-the-scenes info, and things that couldn't make it into the article. So come on this amazing journey with me and share in my animal adventures. This story oh, is so near and dear to my heart because it's really all about Brutus the Bear and how he helped me to realize that I am actually an animal communicator. I give him all the credit. I talked to other bears that fateful day in September of 2012, but Brutus was the one that helped me realize that I had a gift that I had been suppressing for 45 years. Now, many of you have probably heard this story before, so it might be redundant, but stick with me because I have a few things to say after the story. And normally, I keep my podcasts around 10 to 15 minutes, but This is a topic that literally changed my life, and I might have a few things to say about it. So, if you've read any of my articles or listened to some of my podcasts, you know that I have a fondness for bears. I can't really pinpoint when this obsession started, but it goes fairly back to my childhood. In one of my parents' photo albums is a photo of me sharing a bottle of orange pop with the black bear. I lost my love of orange pop, but I kept the admiration for bears. My favorite of them all is the grizzly bear, which is part of the brown bear species. And my favorite of all the brown bears is Brutus the grizzly bear. Brutus was my very first client as an animal communicator and the animal that I give all the credit for opening up the world of animal communication to me. Brutus is a bear that proved to me that I was not imagining that animals were communicating with me and he flung the door open to my life as an animal communicator slash pet medium. A few years ago in 2012, I was visiting the Montana Grizzly Encounter in Bozeman, Montana. This is a grizzly bear rescue and education sanctuary. I went there to give the grizzly bears some Reiki therapy, which is gentle energy healing technique to help rid them of the emotional baggage that they carried from being rescued from bad captive situations. I was not expecting that my whole life would be forever changed on that very day. The director of the Montana Grizzly Encounter, or MGE as we call it, had agreed to let me give Reiki therapy to one of her grizzly bears. What I didn't realize is that she assumed that I could also talk to her bear for her. She had a handful of questions that she wanted answers to, and I sort of mumbled and stuttered 
when she asked because it was this great source of embarrassment for me. When I was a kid, I used to think that I knew what our dog was saying and feeling, but my family told me it was just my imagination. So after being told it was my imagination for so many years, I believed them and I shut off my ability to hear what animals were saying to me. I had not told anyone that in the last couple of years, every once in a while, I thought that I would hear an animal say a word or two while I was giving them Reiki. So I explained to the director that sometimes I get messages, and if I did, I would let her know. But that day was somehow magical. And as I started to work with three of our five bears that day, I began to get more and more messages, and they became clearer and clearer. Then when I got to Brutus, the 900-pound, 7-foot-1 bear, and I started communicating with him, the messages were crystal clear, as if I were talking to a person standing in front of me. His communication was so clear that I could see clear pictures of my head of what he was trying to convey to me. It was incredible, and it was also quite disturbing to me at the same time because this is not something that happens every day. The director validated everything that all of the bears had told me that day, so there is no way that so much information could be a coincidence. But I was still shocked and not quite sure what was happening. Then came the conversation that changed my life. Brutus kept showing me pictures in my head of him eating a candy cane and just loving it. I knew immediately that this couldn't be correct. They would never give a grizzly bear a candy cane. So I asked Brutus to show me again, and again he showed me the same picture in my head. I asked him about three or four times to show me, and always it was the same love of this candy cane. I knew this couldn't be correct though, And it was confusing to me as all of the other information coming from him was so clear and accurate. So I asked the director, does Brutus like peppermint in a shy sort of unsure way? And she answered, oh, he loves candy canes. I swear that this bear knows when Christmas is here because as a treat, we'll give him a candy cane and he just loves them and I was dumbfounded. Later that night, as all of these conversations from the day bounced through my head, it hit me like a ton of bricks that I could not be imagining that I'm talking to animals. It must be true. If I were making up these thoughts in my head, I would not have picked that Brutus was eating a candy cane. I would have picked something far more stereotypical, such as blueberries or honey or salmon. The fact that I kept getting the candy cane proved to me that it was all true. And that moment changed my life. I put animal communication as a priority for me, and I started practicing until I felt comfortable enough to start helping clients. Luckily for me, the bears at MGE became my first official clients. I truly thank Brutus for helping me through the barriers, break through them that I had created so long ago, and I am grateful to him. 
Ironically enough, in a few hours, I'll be getting on a plane to travel to Bozeman to go see Brutus and four of the other bears at MGE. I am lucky that Brutus is not only my client, but a good buddy of mine as well. The candy canes are in my suitcase, Broody. So the timing I'm recording this podcast is just impeccable because just yesterday, I appeared at the 12th Annual Grizzly Gala here in Bozeman, Montana, at the Montana Grizzly Encounter. It's their annual fundraiser, and I am honored to be a part of it. People came from all over who have heard of Brutus or have seen Brutus on TV or seen him in person. And yesterday's gala, we honored Sheena the oldest bear that lived at the Montana Grizzly Encounter. So let me just veer for a moment and talk about Sheena. Her story is that her and her twin sister, Christy, were sold at a exotic pet auction. And someone from Texas bought them with aspirations of training them and putting them in a circus or something. And that all fell through. So plan B was that they put both of the bears into one four by six by four cage and put them out in their yard in the Texas heat. Ugh, it's hard to think about. They stayed in that cage together for 15 years, never coming out, never being able to stand up. until finally the state of Texas intervened. They moved Christy from the cage to a U-Haul-like trailer with no windows. And Sheena remained in the cage. And they stayed that way for three years until Texas finally said, okay, no more. And the USDA contacted Amy at the Montana Grizzly Encounter. And Amy, doing what she does, rescuing bears from bad situations, immediately dropped everything she was doing and headed to Texas. They tried to get Sheena out of the cage where she had been for 18 years and get her into the trailer so they could transport her to Montana. But she wouldn't come out. So they took, they tried many things, many things. And then finally they took jelly beans and they made a little trail of jelly beans from her cage into the trailer. And Sheena followed the trail, ate the jelly beans and went into the trailer where her and her sister Christy were transported to Montana, to the Montana Grizzly Encounter. When they got there, they used the same technique to get her out of the trailer and into the enclosure. Amy, the director of the Montana Grizzly Encounter, nicknamed her Jelly Beans, for obvious reasons. And later, it was shortened to Beans, or Sheena Beans. And so, we all knew her as Sheena, Sheena Beans, or Beans. To be honest, when I first met Sheena, she didn't like me. 
And if you remember from one of my earliest podcasts, Sheena and I bonded one day. We had a moment. So Sheena, um, at the time was 26 or 27 and I was on vacation. And so I decided to volunteer at the Montana Grizzly Encounter during the summer. And I was in the enclosure, um, making some repairs and it was really muddy. And I remember sliding in the mud and mud getting caught in my, the treads of my boots. And, um, I got a call on my walkie talkie to double time it to, uh, the bear dens, to Sheena's den. And so I hoofed it all the way around the, the bear, um, enclosure and into Sheena's den, not into her den, to her den. And Sheena was pacing back and forth and back and forth, which was unusual for Sheena to, to, uh, to keep pacing. And so I asked her, what is, what's, what's going on? And she told me that she thought that there were wildfires nearby because she smelled smoke. And I assured her that there was no wildfires nearby and uh, she refused to believe me. She believed her nose over over me, which I can't, can't really blame her. And um, she kept pacing and pacing and pacing. And no matter how many times I tried to reassure her and told her that we would be taking precautions if there were wildfires, um, she, she would not stop pacing. And so, um, I asked her, what can I do to help? And she surprised me by saying, sing to me. And so I sang to her for about an hour. And if she didn't like the song, she let me know. After about an hour, she stopped pacing. And after about 90 minutes, she sat down. And after two hours, she laid down. And after um, two and a half hours, she finally put her head down. But if I stopped singing, she would lift her head up and give me a nasty look when I would start singing again. Finally, she fell asleep and I literally tiptoed out of the bear den. I was exhausted and I went home and I put my feet up and I looked at my boots that were just covered with mud with grizzly bear hair stuck in the mud with my throat completely raw for singing nonstop for two and a half hours. And I looked outside and I saw the mountains in the distance and I thought to myself, I'm the luckiest girl in the world. So my relationship with with Sheena changed on that day. So when Amy asked me, how should we honor Sheena? I immediately said, with jelly beans. (laughs) I don't know how you really toast with jelly beans, but I was going to find a way. So I went and I found these little Dixie cups and I bought enough jelly beans to fill these glasses to toast Sheena. I bought 16 pounds of jelly bellies and um, unfortunately I didn't have my, how many jelly beans does it take to toast a 37 year old grizzly bear, but um, I probably overbought. But 
I figured that Sheena probably would want some. We were toasting Sheena because she had passed away last November, and this would be her first Grizzly Gala. It would be the first Grizzly Gala without Sheena. And we wanted to honor her. And so I couldn't think of a, a better way than for us all to share in her love of the jelly beans. So if you like jelly beans, anytime you eat them, I hope that you'll think of Sheena the bear. For me, the part that comforts me the most is, you know, Sheena spent 18 years in that cage, which they do have on display at the Montana Grizzly Encounter. And if you ever get to Bozeman, Montana, I encourage you to stop by, not only to see the bears in this incredible place, but to take a look at that, at that cage, because it is hard to picture in your head. But what comforts me is that because Sheena died at 37, that means that she actually lived longer at the Montana Grizzly Encounter than she did in that cage. And I feel that those 19 years of being loved and treated exceptionally well and having the freedom erase the first 18 years of her life. So here's a toast to Sheena the bear. Now Brutus the bear, to get back to Brutus, is my favorite topic to talk about. And it's also my least favorite topic to talk about. It's my favorite because he was such an incredible, gentle, sensitive creature that touched and joined so many people's lives together. He was one of a kind and has brought joy to so many people's lives. He literally changed mine in one day and changed me into the person I am today who walked away from a high paying job in corporate America to talk to animals and hopefully help better their lives. Brutus was gentle, funny, and a big old ham. And he loved to have his photo taken. It seemed like the bigger the lens, the more animated and interactive he had become. He was the consummate professional. The reason that it's my least favorite to talk about is because unfortunately, a couple of years ago, Brutus was having some mobility issues and he was taken to get some MRIs to find out what was wrong, but he went under anesthesia and he never came out. It was heartbreaking and I still have a difficult time talking about it. He is such a big part of my life and he is the whole reason that Amy and Casey Anderson started the Montana Grizzly Encounter in the first place. Brutus was the spokesbearer of the sanctuary and he is so deeply missed. But I'm the lucky one because I can talk to Brutus whenever I want and he still makes me laugh. I'm one of the lucky people who have a photo of Brutus and I up close together and I cherish those photos with all of my heart. If it weren't for Brutus, I wouldn't be sitting here doing this podcast. I wouldn't be out here in Montana in my house that's four miles away from the grizzly bear sanctuary. 
I wouldn't have so many of the opportunities to travel and meet all of these animals that I've gotten to meet and all these animals that I've gotten to help and their people that I've gotten to help and be the voice for the voiceless. I feel that it's helped me to fill my life's purpose. I feel that it feeds my soul and makes me a better person. I can't imagine what it would be like if I hadn't met him. I guess I'd just still be sitting at a desk slogging through life in corporate America and not feeling like I was doing anything special or important or meaningful or fulfilling. And I don't think that my soul would really be very happy. So, thank you, Brutus. So come back next week when we review an article I wrote in 2017 titled, The Wind Whispers Her Name to Me. It's about how if you listen to nature and the earth, you could learn a lot. Until then, if you ever wondered what your pet was thinking, please go to my website at ispeaktoanimals.com and book an appointment. Until then, love to you and all of your animals. <laughs>